0: This Day in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History Class, a show for people who can never know enough about history. My name is Gabe Lussier, and one of my favorite things about history is that it gives us a glimpse of just how novel the technology we take for granted used to be. Take cameras for instance. Most of us today have a high quality one within arm's reach at any given moment thanks to our phones. But when cameras were new, they were complex, bulky, and anything but intuitive. So today, we're gonna reflect on just how good we've got it by looking at the day when cameras finally started to get a little more user-friendly. The day was Tuesday. September 4, 1888. American entrepreneur George Eastman, founder of the Eastman Dry Plate and Film Company, received a patent for the world's first camera designed to use rolls of film. Dubbed the Kodak, the box-style camera was much easier to carry and operate compared to other cameras of the day. This ease of use helped expand the niche world of photography into a hobby accessible to almost anyone. Eastman was born on July 12, 1854, in Waterville, New York. He grew up poor and dropped out of high school to support his widowed mother and two sisters, one of whom was sick with polio. At age 14, Eastman began his career in business as the office boy for a local insurance company. He then got a job as a bank clerk, and it was during this tenure that he first took an interest in photography. When Eastman was 24, he started making plans for a vacation to Santo Domingo, the capital city of the Dominican Republic. While prepping for the trip, a colleague at the bank encouraged Eastman to document his travels. This prompted him to invest in his own photographic equipment. True to the era, The camera Eastman bought was as big as a microwave, and required a tripod to operate. At the time, cameras relied on what's known as wet plate photography. In this process, the camera's lens used light to capture an image onto a heavy glass plate inserted in the camera. Then, in a complicated, multi-step process, the glass plate would be coated and dipped in several chemical solutions before being exposed, washed, and varnished. Once this lengthy process was complete, and only if done correctly, a visible negative image would appear on the plate, which could then be used to make a paper print or photograph. Needless to say, Taking and developing even a single photo involved a great deal of time, effort, and technical know-how. In fact, when Eastman had gathered his complete photography kit, which he colorfully described as a pack-horse load, he found that he still needed to pay $5 to learn how to use it. In the end, George Eastman never actually took that vacation to Santo Domingo, but his foray into photography ignited a new passion. He continued to work at the bank during the day, but at night he would experiment in his mother's kitchen, hoping to find an easier way to take pictures. His research led him to another existing form of photography, which involved coating glass plates with a gelatin emulsion that remained light sensitive even after it dried. This dry plate form of photography simplified the development process, and after three years of experimentation, Eastman came up with his own dry plate formula and entered the photography business full-time. As he worked to keep his young company afloat, Eastman continued searching for a new exposure method that would do away with cumbersome glass plates once and for all. He knew that only then could he achieve his dream to, quote, make the camera as convenient as the pencil. His initial approach was to coat the gelatin emulsion directly onto paper instead of onto glass plates. That way, the paper could be wound into a compact roll and loaded into a special holder attached to the camera. When it became clear the wet paper was too sticky and fragile to be rolled up effectively, Eastman switched to film made from cellulose, and the modern camera was born. The first camera to use that film was the one Eastman patented. In 1888. The Kodak box camera came preloaded with 100 exposures worth of film and was ready to use with no adjustments or prior knowledge needed. Budding photographers could simply ready the shutter by pulling up on a string, point the camera at a subject, and then press the shutter release to snap a picture. This simplicity was the major selling point for the $25 Kodak camera, as evidenced by the camera's slogan. You press the button, we do the rest. Once all 100 exposures had been used, the entire camera was sent to Eastman's headquarters in Rochester. There, the film was developed, prints were made, and a new roll of film was installed. The camera and prints were then returned to the customer, with the whole service costing around $10. The Kodak camera was such a success that within a few years of its debut, Eastman renamed his business the Eastman Kodak Company. As for the word Kodak, which Eastman trademarked on the same day he patented his camera, it doesn't actually mean anything. Contrary to popular belief, it was not an existing word borrowed from a foreign language. According to Eastman, the made-up word was chosen for four reasons. First, it was short, and therefore easy to remember. Second, it was a distinct enough word that it would be difficult to mispronounce. Third, it had no associations outside of his specific camera. And fourth, it both started and ended with the letter K, which was Eastman's favorite letter. The name proved to be a good choice, as Kodak went on to become one of the most recognizable brand names of all time. The Kodak company and the medium of film photography in general, have lost some of their prominence since the advent of digital photography. But without George Eastman and the roll film camera, who knows when or if photography would have ever become the universal pastime it is today. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you'd like, you can learn more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHC Podcast. And if you have any comments or suggestions, please send them my way at iHeartMedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class.